We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Sarah, I'm labeling this and coining this episode as your send-off episode. She's not going anywhere, I promise. It's the second-to-last episode before you and your family head off to Japan for a nice little getaway here with your oldest son. Uh, I'm super excited for you guys. You're very deserving of a break, and having traveled to Asia a couple times myself, I know you guys are going to have a total blast. So uh, with that in mind, and we'll get to certainly some Japan talk later on in the show (laughs) we do have our monthly mailbag episode here available and we got a lot to get to as sort of free agency takes center stage and we're really just a few weeks away from diving deep into draft coverage but it's been anything but recently in this town yeah so you're saying the lead of today's mailbag is not my trip to japan that's not what we're (laughs) leading with i i bet there's some other things like a certain quarterback that would pe- people would prefer to uh, to uh, talk about. So, uh, yeah, obviously lots going on. It's crazy, Bobby. We've noticed this on our own. I mean, the amount of listeners and traffic we're getting to our podcast is blowing away January. It's blowing away December when you're making a push. It's blowing away. Granted, we had just started training camp. I mean, the amount of attention that Lamar Jackson and this, you know, contract negotiation, the franchise, the franchise tag, all of it is getting is like completely next level. So obviously the vast majority of the questions we've gotten today surrounds that. Yeah, for sure. You know, it goes without saying we have just an immense appreciation for you out there listening, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're in the audio only you know, stage of things. It's just been amazing. And, and to your point, <laughs> we've really... We're shattering all previous, you know, podcast records previous months, this month of March. So it's been pretty fun. We're riding the wave and hopefully you've been enjoying our content along the way. You know, as we've mentioned in previous mailbag episodes, we prioritize those of you who support the channel and the podcast through Patreon in this episode. That doesn't mean we don't get to questions from folks who aren't patrons, but we do prioritize, you know, especially at the top of these episodes, our patrons. So without further ado, let's dive right in. This first one comes in from Lisa Mason, a returning patron of ours, and she writes, Hi guys, first just a quick note to say, keep up the good work. 
with all the recent drama surrounding Lamar, it's so easy to fall into the TMZ sports ESPN mode of just broadcasting opinions, rumors, and other stuff. But you guys continually do a great job of bringing the facts the best as you can at the time and provide info from real trusted sources. Now, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. As a Ravens fan that loves Lamar, I've long feared during this process that Lamar, the agent, wasn't nearly as good as Lamar, the player. Not that he wasn't capable of negotiating his own deal, but that he was not aware of, or worse, not concerned with, all of the things that his contract affects, like getting a wide receiver one, a backup corner, other needs, draft planning, you name it. She goes on to cite a few things. So here's the question. With how polarizing this situation has seemingly turned for the fan base, and by the way, according to gambling.com, this fan base is the third angriest group in the entire NFL. We'll get to that, I'm sure, later on. But if this resolves in Lamar staying long-term, do you still see a, a way forward where the relationship between the player and the organization and maybe even the fans isn't negatively impacted? I think we're in the same boat here, Sarah. We kind of, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but basically summarizing what we've covered in recent weeks on the show, a lot of this is just business. And so I know we're going to get to this within the next question or so. We're taping this on Wednesday, the 22nd, and the topic of this morning's vault was the non-certified, the non-NFLPA certified representative who essentially has been reaching out to teams on behalf of Lamar Jackson. And another source told Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk that he's moving on, he's ready to move on from the Ravens. Kind of diving through the smokescreen there, to me, that's just a way of, of jump-starting what's been a really, really quiet process for he and his camp when it comes to interest out there, given the circumstances that are in place. So I look at this as just business. And I do believe that I don't know if it's going to be a long-term thing for Lamar in Baltimore, but I do believe if he ends up playing on the tag or a long, you know, some sort of short-term extension or long-term extension in 2023, that this is salvageable. Where are you at with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, Lamar and the Ravens are for sure going to come to a, a, an agreement or whatever, but yeah, this is business and, and, and you, and it's high stakes, high stakes business. And I always get a chuckle when, you know, people say <clears throat> either way, like if somebody tries to demonize Lamar and say that he's greedy or somebody tries to demonize the Ravens and say, well, they're disrespecting him. He's an NFL quarterback. And it's like, it's so easy to take one of those extremes when you don't have skin in the game, Bobby. Like these all, because the numbers are so large, it feels like a monopoly money. So it feels like a game on the outside, but it's like, you know, it's, it, it is, it's, it's just high stakes, million dollar business deals. And, you know, you, you, you just, you know, go and try to get the best absolute deal possible. You use the leverage that you have and that's what happens. And anybody that has been through negotiations, you know, I mentioned this once before I had gone through my own negotiations with the Ravens and you do it several times, especially when you're working there 13 years, you go back, you ask for raises, you're doing new things or whatever. And, you know, a lot of times I would get what I was looking for. And at the end of the day, I ended up leaving permanently because I didn't get what I was looking for. And the negotiations went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I thought I was going to be there for a minute and then until it wasn't, you know, and then even though the last time we did negotiations, I didn't stay. I, my boss came like to my new home a couple months later and we're good. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I just think that it can get 
emotional in the moment. But if the Ravens and Lamar do end up back together, which whether it's on the franchise tag or an ex- or a long-term extension, uh, you know, millions of dollars in winning has a way of curing things. So um, I, I just don't, I, you know, in the moment it's emotional, but I think for sure they can be fine in the long run. All right, next question from uh, our patron, Joel Harmon. Hello, Sarah and Bobby. Thank you so much for the excellent work that you do on the podcast. I really enjoy listening to it and I'm happy to be a uh, patron supporter. My question is about the recent source saying that Lamar Jackson is ready to move on from Baltimore. It's what Bobby just um, referenced. He says, isn't this exactly what he should be saying in order to drum up teams' negotiations with him? There was talk that teams are not interested in being the ones who fix this contract situation for the Ravens. If he is coming out and saying that he would be open to leaving, would that be more enticing for GMs to negotiate? In the end, I keep on going back to what I've heard the team and his teammates like Mark Andrews saying, which is that Lamar does want to play in Baltimore. Have a great day and thank you for all that you do. Yeah, I think, Joel, I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head. Uh, you... <laughs> Imagine going into a, to another team, asking somewhere in the neighborhood of a quarter of a billion, maybe it's not that high, maybe it's 200 million, uh, and you go in there and they're like, oh, but, you know, are you sure, you know, are you sure you want to leave? And he's like, ah, no, I'm not sure, but can you, can you give me a $200 million offer anyway? You know what I mean? Like, how is that supposed to go? I mean, think about any job interview anybody has been in. I bet we've all been in job interviews well, for, well, where for sure we want it. But there's other ones where we're not quite sure we want it, but we're trying to like, you know, secure a job. And so you don't go into a job interview that you're not still not quite sure because maybe you have other options out there and you say, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to take this. You know, it's like you go in and you go as if you do want it because maybe you will at the end of the day. And so Lamar has to say that he's ready to move on from the Ravens if this report is even true. And as I said on this morning's, you know, podcast, if Lamar was really unhappy, if he really didn't want to be here, we've seen that before. Orlando Brown really wanted to move on. Marquise Brown really wanted to move on. Hayden Hurst really wanted to move on. And so they went to Eric DaCosta and they said, you know, I just don't think this is the place for anymore. I don't think this is the place where I can excel and reach my, my potential. And so will you trade me? And Eric DaCosta did that. So um, I don't like it. I've seen people say that Lamar is holding Baltimore hostage. And I've, I've heard people say that Baltimore is holding Lamar hostage. I think that's too dramatic for me. Either one of them could walk away easily. Lamar by asking for a trade and the Ravens by, you know, just saying, hey, Lamar, let's go. Let's go seek a trade together. Let's not go through this offer sheet route. So um, I think it's all a bit dramatic. Um, so yes, that is what Lamar has to say. And, and Lamar has said, he's tweeted it. He says last year at this time, he's like, I don't know who's putting out these rumors, but I love my Ravens. Like you said, Mark Andrews, Calais Campbell, they all say that he's happy. And so that doesn't mean that he's going to come here for, you know, less money than what he thinks he can, he can get elsewhere. That doesn't mean that, but I'm not prepared to think that Lamar is like, I want, I definitely want out because he could, he could rectify that if he wanted to. Yeah, I think that tweet that you just referenced was actually a year ago today, March. Oh, was it to the day <laughs> of 2022? Yeah, and and how things can change. I'm not saying that he maybe has changed, 
but you never know. And and people yeah. change. Certainly people change. And, you know, I just want to be clear, too, because I know I've been taking some stances on my on my personal channel, maybe more so than what we do. You know, a lot of what we do on the podcast is is reporting the news and, and giving the facts and whatnot. And on my personal channel, I tend to um, turn up the temperature a little bit here and there. And um, basically <laughs> what I've been saying recently, and I, I'm curious to get your thought on this, Sarah, because once the figures came out last week from Adam Schefter, clearly leaked by the NFL Players Association, which you helped educate me on from that September 2022 report in the opening month of the season. Once I saw those figures and once we put together those podcasts and, and you led the way with allowing me to understand the, the contract language and, and when it comes to fully guaranteed and total guarantees and, and injury guarantees and all of this. And, and I realized that that this team offered Lamar the second richest contract in the history of the NFL, aside from the outlier that is in Cleveland, I said to myself, man, it's, it's hard not to think that Lamar's the one. Lamar and his camp, you can talk about the influence that the NFL Players Association has on him and whatnot, but it's hard not to think that that he isn't the one that's prolonging this process in Baltimore, given the figures and given how I know we both believe it's it's fair. No, I don't see it that way. Um, yeah, you don't think I it's see- fair? No, it's fair. I definitely, sorry, I do think by, I definitely think it's more than a fair deal. Second richest contract in terms of fully guaranteed money in NFL history. That, yes, sorry, that part I definitely agree with. What I don't agree with is that you're saying that Lamar's holding it up. Anybody can, it's like, that's what the Ravens want to offer him. They don't want to offer him the richest contract in NFL history. So is it fair, especially is it top of the market in the way that, teams traditionally negotiate with all players absolutely yes and so but he wants to start a new trend and so it you could easily turn it around if you're on Lamar's side and say well the Ravens are holding it up because it's basically what's happening Lamar isn't accepting what the Ravens want to do and the Ravens aren't accepting what Lamar wants to do so it's a mutual like we're not coming to an agreement so uh, to me, I wouldn't just say, no, it's being held up because of Lamar. So yeah, it's a fair deal, but um, that's he's looking for the richest or close to the richest. You know, as Josina Anderson said when she was on the show, he's looking for that Deshaun Watson sort of money. So whether that means he absolutely has to exceed it or match it or be a, right around it, you know, that's what he's looking for. And he has every right to explore the avenues to get it, you know, and, and we've broken down uh, with Brian McFarland that, that so far he's um, actually lost money by putting his foot down for it in terms of like what, you know, if he had signed a deal when Josh Allen didn't and, you know, who knows what offer was out there then um, or if they were, you know, able to make an offer. Cause I know at first, you know, he very, publicly on at press conferences said, well, that's not really what I'm focused on right now. He didn't really see interest interested back then. So, so far he's lost money because if he had gotten a new contract when Josh Allen did, then he wouldn't have been making like the less than 2 million or whatever it was that year. And then it was 23 last year and then it was 42. And Josh Allen during this entire time has been making an average of 45 and he'll never be able to get that time back. Right. He'll never be able to get that back. And so depending on what goes goes on from here out forward 
uh, he could either lose more money or or he gets a big enough deal that it, it you know makes up at least going from here forward. But like I said, he won't be able to to make up that time back. So so what I'm saying is is he may have lost money up to this point. But at the end of the day, I don't say it's Lamar that's holding it up. They need to come to an agreement together. And, and you know, there's certainly a logical, fair argument to say, Deshaun Watson, that's what I'm looking for. He just got that deal a year ago, and that's what I want. That's, that's okay for Lamar to do it. A- and by the way, he can go out and try to find it, and that's what he's doing right now. If, that's, if this report is true, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to drum up interest shake some trees, see what can fall. And if I were in his position, you know, maybe I would have gone ahead and done the deal back in Josh Allen. But if I were starting in right now, not, con- you know, concerned about the past and I'm right now under a non-exclusive franchise tag, heck yes, I'm going out and seeing what's in the market. This is my first chance I've ever been able to do that. I'm going to make some phone calls and I'm going to find out what's out there. As he should, as he should, but based on, oof, man, what Peter King say earlier in the week, not even yeah. quiet rumors out there. And obviously it only takes one team. And obviously a lot of quarterback needy teams have already filled their voids within the last week or so. You still have teams out there that maybe could be characterized as sleeper teams like Indianapolis or or Tennessee or perhaps even New England. But uh, I mean, I, no, no question. All power to you, Lamar. Do what you got to do. I just it, it's. I'm going to continue riding with that stance because the even the deals that have have been put together and signed after Deshaun, like the, to me, the Ravens' offer was in line with 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 what 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 comes next, right? It was north yeah. of and well north of Kyler and Russell, and 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 to me, I, I get it. He has every right to to do what he's doing. At the same time, gosh, I. I I've, I keep going back to what he would talk about in his early years in Baltimore. And, and, and this isn't to, to take any kind of slight at all. I think a lot of, a lot of folks on YouTube, maybe I'm reading into the comments too much, but they've, they've come down hard on me when it comes to, and even you too, I'm sure, in, in, our, in our vault uh, comment sections, that we're against Lamar or we're you know, not on board with Lamar in the future. No, we got a lot of love for Lamar. I know I'm putting words in your mouth right now, but this, <laughs> the guy is an absolutely awesome human being. I, I just feel like right now his actions, I don't know if they line up with what he's always said since the jump. And that's that he's prioritizing and about chasing Super Bowls. And I'm not calling Bobby, him greedy. No, but I'm not Bobby, calling him greedy. That's like... No, I I don't go down. I don't go down that route. I mean, all, 98% of players do what Lamar's doing, but within their category of their position and what they've done. Everybody wants to win the Super Bowl. The fact of the matter is is one of 32 teams does every year. And and there's a ton of guys on these rosters. Your chance, your chance to play in this league the average the average amount of time uh years of a career obviously for Lamar it's different he's he's another level but it's two years everybody's trying to make as much as they can because this is an extremely short window it's a short window and I'm sorry but Kyler Murray wants to win the Super Bowl too Deshaun Watson wants to win the Super Bowl too and 
and Russell Wilson does and and Aaron Rodgers does and everybody does. And so but they're all looking to they all have agents trying to make get them to be the next richest in the in the line of contracts. And so I just think that's I mean, obviously, everybody remembers it from Lamar because when he was drafted, they're like, what are you going to get out of me? What are they going to get out of you? And he's like, Super Bowls, this and that. But like you could take that line and manipulate guys to the nth degree. Well, okay. well, you want to win a Super Bowl. So so you should take less. Well, how much less? And then each fan gets to decide how much less is going to be necessary. It's just it's just not fair. And it's so clear to me that the NFL players have this brotherhood where it's like even with Calais Campbell. And I pointed out the irony that Calais Campbell was cheering him on, cheering him on. Get Lamar. He deserves fully guaranteed. I want him back. I hope it's in Baltimore. And then, oh, by the way, Calais is the final cap casualty to make sure that Lamar can fit under this franchise tag. And I guarantee Calais doesn't have any bitter feelings about it. It's a brotherhood. They're all like, you know what? Everybody go out and get the best you can do. That's the only way to do it. That's the only way to do it. Let Lamar and go out and get the best. And just because he doesn't take, you know, less doesn't mean he doesn't want to win a Super Bowl. Everybody wants to win it, but nobody's, I mean, Tom Brady's the only example I can think of that took less and he's independently wealthy, you know? And so great for, that was great for Tom Brady, but a vast majority of the guys don't do that. So I just think it's unfair to put that on Lamar. I really do. Well, what about the report that we referenced from last week from Tony Lombardi of, of Russell Street Report, who had a one-on-one conversation with, we think, Steve in this sense. I mean, he definitely spoke to Steve Bashotti, but at, at one point he referenced the th- idea that Lamar one day would be listening to the offer from Eric DaCosta. They'd be meeting one-on-one. And things would end really positively, right? And then it's as if he went to go and present whatever new information was on the table to the NFLPA. And the next time he came back to Eric, it was like a a new person showed up in the meeting. Like, I guess I've just, I, I really wonder if he's, would he have already accepted the deal that was on the table back in September if the Players Association influence wasn't, wasn't there? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure it is. I I mean, listen, I I mean, again, I think back to when I was negotiating with the Ravens and I'm talking through it and it's like, okay, okay, okay. And then, you know, I come home and it's, I talk to my husband, you know, and like we talk through it and maybe he brings some information to my mind. That's like, oh, okay, well, good point. I didn't think about that. I mean, again, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much weight to put into what Tony was talking about because part of it, it seemed like he was adding in his opinion. I couldn't tell which part was like from Steve saying, you know, this is, this is the NFLPA. But even if that all did happen, uh, that's okay. That's okay. We can, you know, we can like, we can change our minds. You know, it's not like he signed on the dotted, dotted line and he's going to get advice and he can choose to take it or not take it. So, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, I think this comes back to, I think we both agree that the Ravens offered a fair deal. That's my opinion. There's some people that not, but I, yeah, we do. while I think it's fair, while I think it's totally fair, uh, um, I 1000% understand where Lamar's coming from. He's trying to set a new trend. He sees a $230 million fully guaranteed price tag that Deshaun Watson got last year. And he's being offered 133 million, which is the second most. And it's 
but it's the second most by 100 million. And so that's the holdup. And both sides have a legitimate, legitimate argument. Both sides absolutely do. And this is, you know, not just trying to like not take sides, but like literally if we're facing facts, they both have legitimate arguments. And so that's what they're doing right now. They said, let's let's open this up to the market. And now we're upset that that that, that they're, the process is going out. No, let the process run through. They both agreed we'll do the non. I don't know if Lamar agreed, but clearly the Ravens are like, this is the non-exclusive tag. We'll let the market talk. And so Lamar's out to talk to the market. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It, it's fine. Yeah. Yet, yet, yet we're 24 hours removed from learning that this through this non-NFLPA certified representative that Lamar doesn't want a fully guaranteed contract. Like, man, if there was if there was a time that we needed to hear from Lamar, and I know that's risky in the midst of high stakes kind of negotiations right now with with a lot on the line, but that time would be right now. And I don't know what when this exclusive interview with himself is coming out, but I hope for his sake he addresses some of this because there is a ton of information out there. Some of it is misinformation. But I would really wonder, and would would he even be advised? Would it even be a smart thing to do to clarify even what he tweeted last week with the three years at 133 million fully guaranteed and almost mocking the people that say he doesn't need an agent, right? Like, would that be smart of him to get in front of the camera with a sort of a premeditated, pre-recorded type of thing that was well thought out? I don't know. I know it's risky, but maybe it would clear up a lot of this. By the way, did I tell you Pro Football Talk responded to, to my tweet when I put up their news? I just saw it this morning. Well, meaning Mike, <laughs> right? Meaning I think it's Mike. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Mike Florio, right? I mean, there's got to be somebody that they have just putting out all the uh, links to their stories. There's no way that's Mike. But I think the responses are more Mike for sure. Anyway, so I had just shared, you know, and I tagged them about, you know, their story. And I had shared what was in their story. And so a fan had responded to me with like a joke was Michael Scott making these calls for Lamar Jackson and then pro football talk, which I think is Mike replied and said, I don't even know what this means. Is this an office response or is this like he put in quotes, who's calling then the answer in the other quotes was I was never given a name. So it Probably, sounded like maybe I don't watch. I have never watched the office, which I, I hate to admit, but you what don't you watch think? The Office? Oh, I watch The I, Office all the time. I can't recall that. I can't recall that. So I don't know if that's him saying he asked his source who was calling, and then the source is saying I was never given a name. I have no clue. Let's move on from that. That's yeah, because now we're getting into a, we're we're known yeah. to do this here and there, but I think it's in the <laughs> this is our of, conversations of, offline, by the way, that people don't hear yeah. where we're disagreeing, yeah. and it's funny because yeah. people do put us in the same bucket a lot of the time. Right. Because we have we have this podcast, but we we clearly have our own disagreements on 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 the whole subject. Absolutely. And it's always yeah. in the good spirit of debate and, and yeah. friendship and all that stuff. And and before we move on, I wanted to mention one little text that I share with Brian McFarland. We referenced him a minute ago, of course, Raven salary cap guru, because I was thinking about putting a video together um, comparing Josh Allen's business negotiations through his first five seasons in Buffalo versus how Lamar has chosen to go about his business. And, and I texted Brian, I said, Hey, you know, this thought that Lamar will never, and you, you mentioned a little while ago, will will never make up the millions that he's lost compared to Josh Allen. Are you in on that? Is that fact or fiction? And Brian said, we don't know what the eventual contract will be for Lamar, but overall he thinks so on average, 
Lamar would have made over 40 million per year over the last three years versus 1.3 million, 23 million on the fifth year option, and now just north of 32 for the non-exclusive tag. If that if he ends up signing, which he has till mm -hmm. July 17th, um, even if the average per year is higher on an eventual deal versus 43 million per year if he signed that in 2021. The money he'll be making going forward is going to be top of the market either way, but the money lost over 2021 to 2023 years uh, can't be made up. And in Brian's opinion, the long-term security, obviously too. So interesting yeah. perspective there, but I, you mentioned it earlier on and then we kind of got into the weeds, but I just wanted to revisit that quickly. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's true. I mean, uh, we had talked about this. If there's a scenario where if Lamar does play on the tag this year and then we could do this again. The Ravens could tag him again. And I don't know the figure. I had looked up the figures if he was exclusively tagged twice. And if he was the second time, it's like a crazy obscene number. But if he's non-exclusively tagged twice, maybe that is actually more doable. But anyway, my point is, to bringing up the quote that you just had, is that there's a scenario that he could be tagged twice. And then therefore, it's after the second tag that he could truly just hit the market. And at that point, as Brian has pointed out, a vast majority of these contracts, for especially for quarterbacks, are redone year three or year four. And by the time Lamar is out, if Lamar was tagged a second time, then literally Josh Allen and Lamar could be could be negotiating a big deal. But for Josh Allen, it would be a second time. And for Lamar, it would be the first time. And so, again, yeah, that money can't be made. You can't go back and make that money up. Because both, assuming Josh Allen doesn't fall off a cliff, he will also be getting top-of-the-market money again for the second time. Joel Harmon, five stars for your question. Yeah. Five yeah. stars. <laughs> We went down a rabbit hole on that one, but goodness gracious. It was a good, right. a good, good debate there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's move on. Teme, I'm not going to even pronounce our guy's last name. He's a returning patron because I don't want to botch it. But Teme, do us a favor and hit us up through Patreon direct message with a little pronunciation for your last name so I don't botch it next time. But um, he writes, uh, hey, guys, just subscribed at Patreon. Love you guys. I don't know what to do without you guys because ESPN has been driving me crazy. My question to you is what do you make of ESPN specifically? And quotes Stephen A. Smith. Uh, when they're reporting these false information pieces on Lamar and the Ravens. He has said he has spoken to Lamar's camp. And by the way, this this email was from uh, earlier on in the month, just so you know, but we wanted to revisit it. He said, Stephen A. has said has, he has spoken to Lamar's camp twice now, when clearly, in my opinion, he's talking to someone in the NFLPA, which is assisting Lamar, but I believe also has its own agenda. He stated yesterday on first take that he spoke to Lamar's camp again, and they told him that Diana Rossini reported of the Ravens 160, 180 million offer is not true and that the Ravens are lying. Well, here's the problem. The Ravens never reported that. In fact, that amount came from Lamar himself. You can clearly see that this is not true, but in my opinion, ESPN has become the Fox News of sports. Uh, yeah, so again, this was from several weeks back, Sarah, but uh, should we address it now? Yeah, so I think that here's here's the way, because I too i mean i put out that video of showing how espn had been confusing i think i think what it comes down to uh, bobby i'm do you, do you have an answer this is is this my this is your question right i don't want to jump over you this oh it's all question. good we'll go i know you love getting after espn and steven a from the contract <laughs> language standpoint so i i got you all right well all right we'll give you the next one then you, you do the next next two if you need to so uh anyway here's here's what it, i think it basically comes down to is that espn you have reporters and then you have the opinion guys, right? And so the reporters are like your obviously Adam Schefter, and then you know, he'll come on, he'll report the news. Sometimes he'll dabble in giving opinions on that, but he's the reporter. And then there's the Stephen A. Smiths of the world and um I'm Ryan Clark, like all the guys that are on the talk shows, Dan Orlovsky, those are the opinion guys. They're not breaking as much news. Now, it sounded like, you know, Stephen A was trying to dabble into the reporting with, with what was going on here. But after a full year of seeing different leaks about the numbers, whether it came from ESPN or if it came from other networks, whether it came from Josina Anderson, who's at CBS Sports, or, you know, Jay Glazer over at Fox or some of the local people here. Now that we've had a year of all these leaks and then finally Adams came out or um, Adam Schefter finally came out with his, all the numbers finally all started to fall into place. And you can see why all these different numbers were coming out. And so uh, it's I now accept these numbers from September. They could have changed. Uh, perhaps the Ravens have given updated offers to Lamar, but I feel comfortable and not everybody else has to because it has been a circus and I understand any distrust out there, but 
after studying all these different reports, I now feel comfortable with Adam Schefter latest that it was 133 million fully guaranteed at signing. It was 175, which was injury guaranteed, which is basically fully guaranteed if we're if we're being honest and if we get into all the contract language, it's basically that. So that 175 falls right in line with Lamar with what Lamar told Diana Rossini between 160 and 180. And again, Jeff Zrebeck tweeted that he was he saw Diana go up to him and approach him and was and and you know saw heard the conversation. So I feel comfortable with that. So now those two align. And then the 200 million, which we had kind of heard randomly before, that all makes sense when you're talking about vested guarantees or rolling guarantees, or Adam call it triggered or springing guarantees. There's all these different words for it. I don't know why they call that one guaranteed. That one's weird to me. I wish they came up with different language conversation or contract language on that because it's not it's guaranteed once you hit a certain date and then he's if he's still on the roster at that date but it only becomes guaranteed at that point so you know but this is not new language this is language outside of deshaun watson this is language in everybody's contracts at least the bigger ones where they're they're long-term ones you're not going to get all that in one-year deals and maybe not in two-year deals all that kind of stuff so um, but this is not new language that Adam is making up. It's not new language that the Ravens came up with. This is very, very common contract NFL language. So that September deal certainly seems to me that it was 133, fully guaranteed at signing, 175 injury, which is basically all um, guaranteed, and then 200 total when you when you put in the um, the the vesting guarantees or springing ones or whatever, which really isn't guaranteed. So I feel comfortable with that. Now, when Lamar came out and said 200 and he's like, that's cap, you know, and then he says 133 over three years. I don't know if he's saying the 133 over three years is a new deal because Ian Rappaport said that the Ravens have offered all sorts of different, you know, contracts. He said some are long and some are short uh, but there's been all sorts of kinds. So either Lamar was talking about an updated offer um, or he was talking about that September offer, but it still falls in line with with what Adam said, which is 133 fully guaranteed at signing. So to me, it now all matches up. I just would be very curious as to what the newest offers are, but based off of, off of all those numbers, it was, as we've already discussed, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole again, the second richest and guaranteed, fully guaranteed money in NFL history. My biggest takeaway from all of this is that Stephen A. Smith is one of the goats when it comes to debate talk, but not necessarily when it comes to contract language. Right? Like yeah. he has definitely <laughs> spread some some misinformation there and and pushed some some false narratives uh, under that umbrella. But um, let's move on to the next one. I'll, I'll fire off a couple here to get back up to speed. Deion Coleman, a returning patron, writes a very short one here. Hi, Bobby and Sarah. Is it just me or does Mike Preston seem to have a very low opinion of Lamar? Uh, basically, Mike is is a straight shooter. Mike is uh, has been in Baltimore for a very long time. A former offensive lineman, if I'm not mistaken, not at the NFL level, but he did. I want to say it was at the collegiate level. Don't don't quote me on that, but um Mike has had to walk himself back a little bit in recent months, Sarah. I know we covered this extensively uh, maybe in like December of last year. It was definitely down the stretch when one of his mailbag columns 
essentially suggested that Lamar had been skipping knee treatment for uh, the PCL sprain and that maybe even went as far as to call him lazy. So I'm not sure if he has a low opinion of him. I think a lot of people in this town, especially in the media, maybe get I, I guess labeled in a way that because they're covering this guy on a daily basis, that I, I think some of it can be blown out of proportion when there when there is criticism because of how sensitive Lamar Jackson is as a player. Not him, but everyone around him is sensitive to him for obvious reasons because everybody's doubted him since the jump. So I don't know if Mike. I don't. I'm not going to go as far as to say that that Mike has a low opinion of Lamar. I just think he's had to walk back some of his reporting, and 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 that's and that was very evident after essentially what, like 24 hours once that thing got got blown up online, Sarah, he had to put out a piece that was, yeah, clarifying and, and clearly the team had reached out to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's another instance where I was saying with Stephen A. Smith that, you know, Mike is is more of an opinion guy, although he dabbles in the news, you know, sometimes. So I honestly have not been reading enough of Mike Preston in recent years. When I was at the Ravens did late for work, I'd read everything he did. Uh, so I haven't followed him enough to really know what his opinion of Lamar is outside of, you know, what, what you just talked about. Um, I'll just say this when I did read him every day, there is nobody that's above criticism for Mike Preston. He will find something critical to say of anybody and everybody. And, you know, he just doesn't care. So, uh, all right. Dylan Diggs, another patron of ours. He says, Hey guys, keep up the good work. You all did a great job covering this, but the Ravens results in the Players Association poll about working conditions. Actually, Bobby, this one should be more you because you've been the you've been the guy with uh, I'll read it, but I'll let you answer yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but the Ravens results in the Players Association poll about working conditions came as a big shock as the Ravens have always been known as such a quality organization. I'm confident they are they still are are operationally, but hopefully this is good feedback on how to improve clearly in the conditioning. One question I had that I am Badejo talked about how there is a disconnect between the training room and strength coaches. I wonder if you, was it I am Badejo who said that or was it? I think um, it was Adebojo. Adebojo. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I, yeah. I, and he, and On sorry, Twitter, Dylan, the he, day that everything, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Femi, not to be confused with, with Femi Ion Badejo, who we've had on the show before, but Adeboyjo, who was a former Raven, and he, on, on Twitter, when all of this broke, kind of put a thread out there that got a lot of traction. Yeah, and just to be clear, Dylan got the, the name right. It, I, it was me who got it wrong. He, he, he wrote Adeboyjo correctly. Um, he said, I wonder if you could speak to or get somebody on the cast to, to speak to some of the challenges and how the organization we love can overcome these challenges. I feel like the Ravens should want to jump on this and do so publicly. So I'll give that to you, Bobby. And by the way, it's Quincy Adeboyjo, just so we're being uh, thorough there. But uh, yeah, appreciate the question, Dylan. And just for refreshing purposes and just make sure everybody remembers what this specifically was. It was the NFLPA survey that basically allowed players to vote on certain categories within their organization. So uh, again, treatment of families was a surprise. I remember you talked about that a little bit being that you spent over a decade with the organization uh, C plus grade from players ranked tied for 18th in the league. Food service and nutrition came in at B minus. I was tied for 13th. Uh, weight room 
came in at C plus tied for 22nd strength coaches F minus didn't even know that was a thing F minus thought it was just an F that was dead last league wide training room C 21st training staff B plus tied for 22nd locker room a tied for fifth team travel a tied for fourth uh, biggest things ab about this that stood out to me Sarah were obviously what just put the treatment of families aside for a second because I was pretty surprised by that but the weight room strength coaches and and overall training room grades they weren't a, su a surprise it was just a huge takeaway because we had interviewed Derek Wolf I had a chance to catch up with him in the season leading up to the Broncos game right and um, he's now a radio show host in Denver and he just teed off. I barely even had to set him up on anything, but he just teed off on Steve Saunders without mentioning him by name. Who's since been dismissed by the Ravens after several years as the leader of the, of the strength and conditioning staff and essentially said he was the reason that, you know, his career got derailed and ultimately he had to retire early because of that hip and back issue. And, and boy, oh boy, did we didn't know it at the time, Sarah, but that would be the first, and maybe not the first. I know Judon had mentioned it after he left, Matthew Judon from New England. But boy, did that kickstart an entire firestorm of, of tweets and reaction and frustrations boiling over. Clearly, that led to the Rashad Bateman tweet that's been since deleted. And um, wow, uh, it was clearly the Ravens have to improve in that category. And in-house, they're... There's there's been lots of frustrations, which is definitely surprising for a John Harbaugh led team. Uh, but clearly, maybe just maybe he he let Steve Saunders and his old school way of thinking. I know I've talked to Kadri about that a little bit from uh, from, you know, from a, an overall training standpoint, hang around for too long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's clear that. um you know, that was even, even, uh, Marlon Humphrey was like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not getting in on that, you know, but he wasn't defending anybody either. So, uh, it's certainly something that, you know, um, has been brewing for a little while and, um, and it sounds like enough players have complained and, and the Ravens are trying to rectify it. And I'm with Dylan. I hope it's something that, uh, you know, they take more seriously. Now I will say, you know, the Ravens have had, I remember the Ravens went through a lot of bad injuries right before, why am I just blanking on it? Steve Saunders came in. And then the first couple years that Steve Saunders were here, it was some of the healthiest years I can remember with the Ravens. Uh, you know, he was there for the 2019 season. The Ravens were super healthy. So, um, so I don't know what happened. It seemed like he was like the cure to some injuries that were happening before. And, and then it just all went, went downhill from there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they do. I'm, I'm with Dylan. I hope that they uh, make a lot of improvements there because if you can't, if you can't be help, healthy, I mean, there's, you're going nowhere. So uh, Tony, Tony Dantona says, love the pod. I think you guys do a great job being fair and honest. Sarah is my number one choice on Twitter. I trust your reporting, really give a voice to each side of the story. My Ooh. one neg. Yeah. <laughs> But don't get too excited yet here, Bobby. <laughs> he says, <laughs> my one negative comment is I think it was unfair to say that Tony Lombardi was implying that Lamar was weak and unintelligent by calling him a pawn in the negotiations. I think given the right circumstances, it would happen to almost anyone. I don't believe he meant anything more than that. 
I hope you guys continue to build a following with the vault. I look forward to hearing it through the pre-draft training camp and the season. So I, I feel like that's fair. I feel like when I, um, when I wrote that line, I was, I was attempting to say why I don't like to use the word pawn with Lamar. So the background to, to that is that, you know, we, we had, we used a couple clips from Tony's show where after he had spoken with, with Steve Bashotti and Steve Bashotti did not say this. Tony said that he feels like Lamar Jackson is a pawn uh, in the NFLPA's bigger game. And so I, I said that, you know, and Tony had said in that, he goes, I've taken some heat from that, from saying this, but I'm going to use it anyway. And he repeated it. So I had figured that, that Tony already was, was fine with, with whatever criticism or whatever. So, uh, but in hindsight, I agree with Tony here. I wish I had made it more clear that when I hear the word pawn, these are the things that I think of. And I did put a line in there real quick, and I said, I don't know if Tony meant it this way, but I wish I had made that more clear from what I understand. You know, a lot of people uh, went after Tony, which I absolutely, you know, just online, and we all, everybody comes after all of us. It's just such a polarizing um, issue, but in no way did I want to cause any more of that for Tony. And so I wish that I had found a better way to express what pawn means to me. And to me, it is, it was those things. Um, but, but that doesn't mean Tony saw it in the same way. And it doesn't mean that Tony intended it to mean that, you know, Lamar's weak or, or any of those things. And so, um, I personally just don't like using it. So, so, um, but I think it's, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. And and I hope that, you know, there's, there's no hard feelings there. And I hope, um, people can take it easy on Tony and, and everybody else is just really emotional and passionate times or, and whatever. So, uh, uh, you know, I think that's fair that Tony is standing up this Tony to Tony Dantona is standing up for Tony Lombardi. And I do wish that I had made that more clear. I wish I could have been able to express how I see what that, how I feel like that means and make it more differentiated that that's not what Tony meant it to be. And just to be clear too, cause I know local radio confused some folks out there that have reached out to me in recent days. We didn't have Tony Lombardi on our show. We used his sound from a recent podcast that he released on his show, sharing parts of the conversation that he recently had with Steve Bashotti. So just to be clear there, because I think, you know, one of the daytime shows on on the fan may have been confused there and, and ended up saying that we had Tony Lombardi on our show, which we did not. So anyway, moving forward to Jim Seitler, he writes, hi, Sarah and Bobby. First, I want to say that I love your podcast. I live in Southern California and wake up to your pod every morning. Got to love that. Uh, he has the following question. How long do other teams have to give Lamar an offer sheet? Can it be after the draft? If so, those two first round picks that the Ravens would receive uh, would seem to have significantly less value. This is assuming the Ravens don't match an offer. What are your thoughts? I appreciate you two. Keep up the good work. Thanks for the question, Jim. And uh, basically, July 17th, is the deadline for him to sign an extension with the Ravens or matter of fact, for any other team. And then after that, he can sign a one-year deal up until week 10 of the 2023 season. So there is still, I guess you could say lots of time, but obviously that would prevent the Ravens from, you know, team building to the extent that they want to Sarah, because they have to be prepared for, um, 
a potential offer sheet to come in that they would obviously want to match, you would think, unless it's some insane number that wouldn't make sense whatsoever, in which case they'd take the two first-round picks and bolt, you would think. Um, but, Sarah, Jason at Over the Cap, I'm, I'm, I need you to, to refresh my memory on a tweet that you referenced in our recent episode about what the Falcons just did recently that has Jason thinking that the Ravens are, are in good shape in this category. Yeah, so Jason basically tweeted. So obviously the Ravens, with some of the restructures, like with Gus and um, I'm trying to remember who else they restructured, and then some of their new – they're Pierce. signing. Yeah, Michael Pierce. Thank you. I think Michael Pierce was the first one. Uh, and then some of their re-signings, um, the Ravens had put in some void years, and they did it with, I don't know, I want to say like – maybe four contracts somewhere around that number four. And so everybody was like, look at that. The Ravens are preparing every Avenue that if they need to match um, an offer from somebody else, that they'll have every cent available to them to do that. And then more recently, I think uh, specifically with Nick Moore and it might've been with justice Hill. Don't quote me on justice Hill, but there's been more recent contracts where the Ravens have not put in void years and so Jason Fitzgerald at over the cap, who I mean, is <laughs> he is a guru on everybody's caps. Um, he felt like that the reason he said it was pure speculation, but his speculation was that the Ravens stopped putting the void years in these newer contracts because they might now start f be feeling more comfortable about the Falcons. He said that studying all 32 team's caps he felt like the falcons were the only team that really could easily do a deal that was front-loaded so that the ravens absolutely couldn't match even if they wanted to and so because atlanta has been going on a spending spree and we i mean they've literally signed like seven or eight guys over this first week of free agency some of them are just one deal one year deals but some of them are bigger they signed you know, quarterback, defensive tackle, uh, offensive tackle. I mean, some some big stuff. They've had um, Clayus Campbell in for a visit. And so they've spent so much money that he feels like the Ravens now feel like, okay, now now we don't need to keep doing these void years. So um, there is a team, and, and we'll see. I mean, it's early in the morning, um, but I think we'll probably address it in – the next morning vault, it's the Colts that are, you know, everybody's kind of looking at. And so Jason had said that technically the Colts could open up room, but he didn't think it was likely, but there's starting to be some buzz that the, the Colts might, might be interested. So we'll cover that more. Uh, but that was kind of the gist there that the Ravens were starting to, he felt like the Ravens were starting to feel comfortable that they could match other stuff and not have to keep doing these void years. All right. This next one is from Santiago Velasquez Jr. He says, good morning, Sarah and Bobby. Loving the podcast. I follow almost everything Ravens, and you two have rendered them all virtually obsolete. And as for the team rating and the Ravens giving the training staff an F-, minus, I'll be honest, I didn't pay much attention to Derek Wolf's situation, figuring it was just sour grapes. So he kind of goes on. It's the same question we had before, um, Bobby, so we appreciate this question. Do you have anything else you want to add on it? Just the fact that he want his little PS message is to take care of your mailman. So perhaps oh, he yeah. is a uh, mailman <laughs> by said, trade there. So he says, I'm, he said he, cause he starts, he, it's a long email and he's like, okay, I'm rambling. He goes, I'm near the end of my overnight shift at USPS. PS, take care of your mailman, mailman. So I love that. There you go. Okay. This next one comes in from a familiar friend, familiar name, especially for you, Sarah, Tomo, Tomoyoshi Kobayashi. 
He is, uh, man, he's been a wealth of information for you for your upcoming trip to Japan. And he's literally listed out your entire itinerary <laughs> that you should probably pass off to your husband. Yeah, well, it's funny. You mentioned my husband, Bobby knows. Uh, people won't realize this, you know, because I know on podcasts I speak so passionately. I'm actually uh, pretty chill and laid back. And so I, my husband's taking like the whole reins on this trip and has planned everything and like people like oh where are you going and i'm like i need to find out i still need to figure it out i'm just gonna kind of you know just kind of have fun and lay back and go wherever he wants to go so yeah i definitely need to forward this to him uh because i mean he's got these temples for me to go to and all these different places to to visit so the railways to visit i am all about it i am all about it so Tomo, very much appreciated. I've got this email and your previous one. Um, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. I know we're leaving. I gotta. We meet at the airport tomorrow at 6 a.m. So uh, we'll do one last, uh, we'll record a morning vault tonight at 10 p.m. like we always do. And then, I don't know, Bobby, how are you, uh, how are you feeling for these next two weeks? I hate throwing all this on your lap. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got to make sure that I, you know, hold my weight here. Let's go. You know, it's going to be a solo <laughs> venture. Hopefully we'll get some voices in for, you know, here and there that we haven't heard from in a while. I definitely want to reach out to Kadri. I know Pat Ricard's going to be coming back on Ravens fullback. So I'm definitely going to be guest booking my, you know, what off to make sure that, you know, everything is there's, there's not going to be any stoppage in content. That's for sure. You, you did that. Uh, you promised me that when I was abroad for my, my brother's semester for what, 10 days over bye week and, and, and by the way, I just want to let you know that I want to do that again next fall. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I would just like to get this on your schedule here. No, but I, I told you this already. I am bringing my microphone. It's a very small one, as you know. You know which one I've got. And my computer just for, just in case, because owners meetings are coming up. They'll be, they'll go on while I'm, I'm in Japan. If Steve Bashotti says something like he did last year where he's like talking about Deshaun Watson, he didn't like that deal or whatever. If there's a Steve Bashotti interview, okay, I'm coming on from Japan and we're going to react to it. Heck yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yep, exactly. We'll be ready to go. And and should anything break, we'll, I might have to uh, take the time change out of the equation and be like, hey, yeah. Sarah, <laughs> let's go. I know you're at the railways. I know you're experiencing Japanese culture right now, but uh, – you know, this this is more pressing now. Now, well, you, remember you're going to decide that. Remember when I was in Spain, and I don't remember which preseason game it was, but because of the time difference, I woke up at like three or four a.m. or whatever, and I did like a post game reaction with you. And then luckily the next day we were driving from one big city to another. And my husband was cool that I just slept basically the whole day because I was up all night watching the game, the preseason game, and then did a post game reaction with you. So we we can, that it'll be if it's a Steve Buscemi one, it will take much less game, time than having to do a game. Oh man, and just like the flexibility that your family has given you, like the patience is amazing. <laughs> you know, like it's it's been pretty cool to see how on board they are with with what we're building and, and it's appreciated. It doesn't go unnoticed. So shout out to the, the, the Ellison Gardner crew, but anyway, one more here before we close things down in this mailbag episode, it comes in from Barry Pittman. Hey guys, longtime Ravens fan back to the Colt days. That's why I'm emailing, not up on Twitter. 
Uh, and let's face it, even with Lamar back and even healthy, we still need a big-time wide receiver. Yes, the defense will be great. Running back's great. But without a DeAndre Hopkins, OBJ kind of player, it feels like a playoff team, but maybe a one or two and done. I think the front office is waiting on Lamar to make a move on a big receiver, but can't wait forever. Yes, money will be tight, but this is a Super Bowl team with a great receiver and Bateman as a number two. We can't wait until everything is perfect in a couple of years to make a receiver move. As you all know, NFL windows close quickly. You all are kind of close to the organization, so when will they make a receiver move? What's the holdup? The holdup is the fact that uh, they got to protect themselves right now. We've covered it you know, pretty thoroughly since Lamar Jackson was uh, given the non-exclusive franchise tag, which is a cap hit of um, just north of, of $32 million. Obviously, there's always ways around that, whether that be restructuring contracts, which Brian McFarland has covered, right? There's a lot of lucrative deals out there within the organization right now that, that, that come with that flexibility. Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, Patrick McCary, Roquan Smith are a few that come to mind. They can also trade the valuable assets that they have, one being Patrick Queen. Don't know if they want to do that. We do know that he has stripped some of his social media of all things Ravens. We don't know what that means, if anything. But uh, but clearly, yeah, they're, they're in somewhat of a holding pattern right now. At the time of this taping, on the 22nd, they are just one of two teams that hasn't cashed in on a free agent externally. They've re-signed guys internally. But um, uh, clearly, you know, it's it's really about one thing and one thing only, and that's just making sure that you know, they're prepared and that they're able to to match a potential offer sheet. But, uh, you know, like you said, from from Jason Fitzgerald, that it, it seems like they're they're fairly confident that they're in good shape. So you just wonder when when do the, the to the floodgates open, Sarah? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're going to just keep watching everybody's cap. But I will say this just to add to it. I mean, for sure, obviously, trying to keep yourself, you know, ready for for an offer sheet is a factor. But. The Ravens also had Lamar on a very cheap contract for the last five years, and they didn't make receiver moves. So um, we've covered this extensively over the last 10 years or so. The Ravens have definitely been at the bottom in wide receiver spending against the cap. They've obviously invested quite a bit through the draft. So it's hard for me to say, oh, it's different this year. They're not getting a receiver because they're looking to match and they would be otherwise. I don't know that they would be otherwise. It seems like they're always trying to rebuild the receiver room, but they never do it with uh, big investments on, on veterans. So, um, so the holdup could be the Lamar contract, but it also could just be the Ravens are continuing with their same trend. Which would really be a bummer. You know, the, the Nelson Aguilar visit, the first free agent wide receiver visit from a couple of days ago leads you to believe that that could very well be the case, you know, that they're going to continue to uh, die on the sword. That is not investing in, in wide receivers when it comes to, uh, you know, spending free agency dollars. They, they, they're not afraid to spend free agency dollars on other positions. Certainly the, the secondary Marcus Williams was a splash last year, but, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, we're, we're on record enough for, for sharing our thoughts on this. So we might as well close it out. It's been a long one. Been a spirited yeah. one. Always enjoyed debating with you and um, yep. love your perspective. And like I said, this is the second to last episode before we send you off to Japan. You will be back April 8th, if I'm not mistaken. Not like I'm counting that down at all. But um, <laughs> you that's have what's the going on. Memorized and, than I do. 
I have your itinerary. People, people, they must think our relationship is hilarious. Like I have your entire itinerary in my Gmail. It's like a separate file and I have it ready to go just so I know what's going on here. And, um, yeah, like you said, and yet we still have not met in person. One of these days we will. <laughs> I know. I know. I should get my butt as, as only a, a, a dog dad of one and you're a mother of four. I really have no excuses. I should dump <laughs> Tilly off on Tori, my sister for the weekend and just pop over to, to you for. You no, know, no, I need weekend. to come to Baltimore. Cause then we could do some events or whatever. It's definitely gotta be me. I gotta come there. It's just, obviously, as you said, it's not as easy, but that's definitely what's gotta happen. I gotta get out there. That is a hundred percent happening. The whole events yeah. thing for sure in the near yeah. future. So anyway, all right. Well, as always, Thanks so much for the support here on the podcast. If you're interested in donating or supporting us monetarily, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast. You can also go check out what we're doing on YouTube on a daily basis. All of our content is repurposed for that platform. We've been having a lot of fun growing that and had a lot of success here so far too in the early months. So as always, if you want to reach out to us personally, you can find us at Baltimore Ravens vault at gmail.com. And for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, who's Tokyo bound shortly, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this March mailbag episode here inside the vault.